The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. And this is Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. We have taken the spark and now we are igniting it on this whole new platform on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. And I hope that you are taking a moment right now as you listen to this to just drop into your own heart just for a moment. Take a deep breath and connect with yourself. Listen to that voice inside of you as you pause. What's it saying? What is it right now that you might need to start recharging your day, recharging your heart, or following that knowingness that always resides inside of you? Oftentimes, it is just this pause is all we need, and we can reconnect with our higher self and continue to live a more conscious, high-frequency life. Thank you so much for joining me love having you here and being connected. I'm really excited today. There's a very special person on the show, Nick Palladino King, and he's a CCA certified conscious executive leadership and life coach who transforms and accelerates physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual success. And we're going to be talking to him about his expertise that comes from over 15 years of training and teaching movement, breathwork, meditation, coaching, and entrepreneurship. He's the co-host of Conscious Conversations, which is a podcast that I had the joy of being on with him and getting to know Nick a little bit. And he's the CEO and co-founder of Tribe, San Francisco's premier fitness and yoga studio. Love that. Welcome to the show, Nick. So happy to have you here. Cool. Thanks, Stephanie. That's one of the best intros I've gotten yet. Appreciate it. You are, you are polished. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, I love it. It's it's so fun to connect with you and, and you're just such a high vibe guy. Love your platform on Conscious Conversations. I'm curious though, what, what brought you to this conscious journey? It's not just leadership. It's conscious leadership. It's mm-hmm. not just you know this entrepreneurship. It's conscious entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, well, a lot, a lot. And actually, interesting enough, the the hair on my arms just stood up when you're asking that question, which always tells me it's time to uh, pay attention um, and that there's a lot going on at a high frequency. You know, it was interesting. I was talking to someone in an Uber pool last night um, and got ourselves into a pretty high frequency conscious conversation, which tends to happen if you're paying attention, if you're, um, you know, on the project, if you're doing your deep work. And I was telling, telling the woman I was meeting last night, I said, you know, 
going to be on a podcast tomorrow. And I don't really like to tell my story of what got me to where I am. And what the reason is, the reason I told her is because I don't feel like I'm that person anymore. It's been 15 years of transformational work for myself to get to a place where my life is about consciousness. So in a lot of ways, the person that started that journey of self-exploration is no longer here. I mean, even on a cellular level, I'm not here. You know, every seven years, you get new cells. So I was like, I'm not even here. So anyways, long story short, I started my career in, in corporate sales and management 15 years ago. And it was everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be a CEO. And you know what, Stephanie, I realized I just ended up being kind of a big asshole. And I didn't like myself. I didn't like the trajectory of my life. So I started getting myself into yoga as a way to find space, to take a break from my day, to take a break from being in charge, uh, to take a break from being responsible for others. And I didn't know I was looking for consciousness at least not consciously at that point, you know, at age 25, I was looking for some pain relief. I was looking for some stress management, but pretty shortly into um, getting into a yoga practice within a, within a year, I started asking myself, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing on this planet? And the answers from the space I was getting from my yoga practice started to really come through. And, and the questions of, you know, is this who I want to be? is this how I want to show up in the world, uh, really starting to get started to get loud. And on one faithful night in my mid-20s, I was mugged by three men uh, coming home from a company party in a, in a suit. And I could have been killed. I definitely, if they would have had a gun or a knife, I, I believe they would have killed me. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm 6'7", 230 pounds. I was able to, to fight myself off and get away. But I woke up the next day, Stephanie, and I was typing an email for work. And my heart told me, it just, it said, stop. It said, it said, you're done. And in that moment, I asked myself the question. I said, if I would have died, would my life have been worth it? And the answer was a resounding no. Um, And it was maybe the first time I had ever heard from source. So that started me on my path to breaking away from being in the corporate world and, and being an executive. And over the last 15 years now of my own practice and study, um, I've taken a lot of what I've learned from being in the corporate world, taken a lot of examples of things I liked about it, and also a lot of what I don't, and have decided for me, you know, my mission is to elevate consciousness through the leaders I work with. I'm not interested in coaching someone in business. I'm interested in coaching someone in a way that their business elevates the consciousness of this planet. And that's just become clear to me through my own work of that's what I'm here to do. So a long-winded way of saying it, saying this always, I think that's what I'm here for. And I think that's what a lot of us are here for too, is to elevate our consciousness through all different ways. But I like to do it through, through yoga, through breath work, through mindfulness, and also through, through enlightened business. And I think we, it's, uh, I like to be an example that you can be successful and happy and uh, of value to the world all in the same package. You don't have to separate those out. Yeah. And, God, so beautiful that you shared that story with us. And I'm so glad you were willing to kind of rewind and and share that. Even though, I I mean, I hear what you're saying. We're not the same person we were 15 years ago. Thank God. And that, you know, (laughs) that we keep evolving. And, you know, for all of us, I think it's so helpful to hear because I think we've all been in those places where we look at ourselves and we look at our lives and go, ugh. I'm out of alignment. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's almost like no matter where you are, you can invite source, you can invite that consciousness in. And sometimes like you, you don't even invite it in. It just came knocking, you know, down your door. And I think, you know, your I mean, your story is super beautiful. And I guess a question I would have for you is what parts of that guy, because there was obviously something in your spirit or something, you know, of your essence that wanted higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, what are those pieces that you still hold on to? In terms of that, the aspects that wanted higher consciousness, you know, it, it's interesting because I've thought about that a lot, actually. And like, when I look at my evolution of becoming a yoga teacher, like I always, I've always kind of thought like yoga picked me. It wasn't like I necessarily wanted to get into teaching yoga, but it was kind of like, Oh, you, you're going to be a value. You're going to be at service. And there was something in me at, at this point, Stephanie, it feels like it's in my DNA. And I, I think that'll probably resonate with you a lot. It's like, I don't know why I've had such a desire and such an urge and such a longing to find my connection to spirit or God or oneness. I've just known for a long time that once I ignited that spark, to use your language in my mid twenties, it only got louder and it only got more powerful. And I actually tried for a good probably four or five years to turn it off. I tried for a couple of years to not listen to it, you know, to ignore it. And I found that that was creating suffering. I found that that was creating more pain in myself. And I think in a lot of ways, more pain in the world because I wasn't living in my full authentic version or expression of myself. So I've, I've had to learn to accept it, to tell you the truth. Something one of my teachers told me a long time ago is that there's a difference from, from knowing your dharma or your purpose yeah. from living it and then, and loving it. And I had found for me, it wasn't that hard to figure out what my purpose was. It wasn't that hard for me to live it. The hardest part for me was to actually love it and accept it and say, Oh, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. I'm not supposed to be a corporate cog in the wheel, even though I can look that part and play that part and fit in that part very well. It, it hurts me to my core to be in that position. So answer your question, it's, it's something that's in my DNA that is just wants to come out and wants to be alive. I would say it's my divinity coming through. It's my connection to God. And that's only gotten louder and stronger as I've learned to love it and accept it more. So beautiful. I, I have to tell you, as you're talking, you know, you, you had your hair stand up on your arm. I'm getting like this hit in like my mm. heart and my solar plexus, you know, just of like, wow, I, I can feel the power of that. And truly, I I love that. It is so true. It's hard for us at times to love our purpose, sometimes when Mm -hmm. it has been given to us. And so I I think there's something important here too. I know at times I can speak for myself in my own purpose where I'm like, okay, I'm doing all these projects. And yet there is still this continued calling to do one-on-one work in my private practice three days a week. And if I start going, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm, I'm done listening to people's trauma. I, you know, I need a break away from that. It's like all of a sudden something will come through and I have this extra energy. And like the last three months in my private practice, I feel like an even clearer conduit. I feel like mm, I'm on a mm-hmm. fire and loving. That's exactly what I would say, loving what I'm doing again. And so can that love, I guess my question to you would be, does it ebb and flow for you or is it a continual growing in love practice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Gemini, you know, which drives my wife nuts. 
you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to go only coach. I'm going to be on stages. I'm going to, this is going to be my calling. And the next day I'm like, all I want to do is sit in my house and make podcasts. <laughs> like, or, you know, the next day it's all I want to do now is run my fitness and yoga company. And I want to do that. So I think some of that is comes from being a dynamic being as, as you are too. So yeah, for me, it ebbs and flows quite a bit, but what I've learned to do, and there's a framework actually from Hinduism, that's really helped me transform my relationship to purpose and work. It's the four desires of the soul. Have you, have you seen that at all? No, tell me about it. So it's, it's from Hinduism and there's, they say that every soul has four desires. And when I learned this, this is what really shifted me from knowing, oh, here's my purpose and living it to loving it. It kind of unlocks something for me. And they say that we want, all souls want four things. The first thing is kama, which is joy. Uh, so I love that Hinduism is saying we have the right to joy, to fun, to experience. The second one is arta, which refers to our tool or our skill. So the way that we make money, the way that we have a career. The third being dharma, our purpose or our duty, the reason that we're here on the planet. And then the fourth being moksha, which would be freedom or, you know, liberation. But for me, what really broke it open, Stephanie, was the fact that they unpacked the difference between your tool, your career, and your purpose. So for example, I always struggled. I did struggle going, I don't want to be a yoga teacher. I'm not supposed to be a yoga teacher. That's not what my purpose is. But when I realized that yoga teacher is a tool that allows me to serve my purpose, it helped me relax and it helped me accept that, oh, my purpose is to serve people, to inspire them, to transform their lives and to develop more self-consciousness and awareness for the planet. That's my purpose. I can do that at a bar, having a drink. I can do that as, as a coach one-on-one -on -one with an executive. I can do it in a yoga class. I can do it as a friend. So for me, what happened was once I broke that open, then I didn't have to wear a mask anymore of I'm in the role of my purpose or I'm the role of coach or teacher or business owner. No, like in the background 24 seven now, what runs for me is my purpose of I'm here to inspire and help people transform their lives. Okay. Now, how does that look? Well, you and I are doing it right now. And the people listening may, may get a hit of that. It's like, oh, I can relax. And then I've noticed as I've learned to do that, then that inner turmoil doesn't happen as much. It still does, but that's my unique voice or soul sucker or kind of like demon on my shoulder that's going, are you sure? you really want to do this, but I've noticed it's gotten much less as I've uh, been able to embrace my purpose and understand it can be expressed in any way and anywhere. Yeah. With, I love that with the bartender with, you know, like you said, or the, the clerk at a store yes. or whoever is in your presence, right? It's like, yes. however the present moment shows up to us, we have that chance to really be in our purpose. I absolutely resonate with that so much. You know, it was about 15 years ago for me as well, about 17 years now. I hate to even say that it's been so long, <laughs> but uh, where I really became aware too of like, very clearly, my purpose is to bring as much love and joy to the world as possible through all these different mediums. Mm -hmm. And so we do that as we're speaking to whoever is before us with our presence, with our intention, with our consciousness. And so, you know, I'm hearing that with you and i so I resonate so much. And I have to tell you, I'm a Gemini too. 
I had a feeling. You, too, you know, I'm going, I'm looking, I'm like, like attracts like you and I are, we are muy simpatico, as they would say muy in Spanish. Simpatico. Like, we are on the same vibe. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, Not and what is your are birthday? You are you left-handed? No, you are? Oh, yeah, I was like. Okay, okay. Sorry. When's your birthday, Nick? Uh, June, June 13th, right down the middle. Whew. Okay, I'm June 6th. And my whole family is June. Mom's okay. June 16th, brother's June 19th. Oh. Yeah, my my cousin who too. lives next door is June 3rd. I mean, it's a pack of Gemini's, a wild pack of Gemini's. Yeah, a wild pack of Gemini's. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and this thing of helping to invite people to relax into what that is so that they truly are living it, you know? And I think when I was on your show, we talked a little bit about, you know, one of the ways that I'm able to relax into that is I do the surrender practice in the morning. Mm one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly. And sometimes I wake up, Nick, and I'm like automatically doing it. I'm in the middle of it. It's just become ingrained in who I am. And what I'm doing is literally surrendering to source. Mm. I'm literally saying all parts of my life because it's that little person you were talking about, that little critical or that little voice that gets in that for me is like, oh, it has to happen this way, or you mm -hmm. need to be doing more, or you need to be doing this. And it's when I let that little voice go, the little me and surrender to something that has a higher mind than I do. And so much more vision to see the potentiality. That's when miracles start happening. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious in your life, do you have examples of that as you were able to relax into this, how doors open to you? Because you didn't just switch from, you know, being a business exec, you know, 15 years ago, and now all of a sudden, you know, ta-da, you have all of this. What, what were some of those doors that opened for you? You know, and similar to you, it's I try to have a, a background operating system of a, a technique or a mantra. So just to share one that I, that I run is, I am this present moment walking through the world, serving by being. Mm -hmm. And to me, that, that one came from source a couple, maybe last year, year before. And, and that's a reminder to me of, I don't have to do anything. You know, we get, we get so caught up as, as doers, but we're human beings, right? And it's a reminder to me that when I relax and when I'm able to come go into a state of being, that I show up fuller, more present. And what I've noticed is when I'm in those states of flow or ease or being, that life really tends to happen for me. You know, it's like I have a thought. And then the next day, my landlord calls and says, hey, you know what? The space upstairs, this is a real example. The space upstairs uh, is available for rent. Would you like it for half off? And I'm going, okay, interesting. So I've been thinking about this for a week. I haven't told anybody. And within 24 hours, 48 hours, I get a call from my landlord saying, hey, we, I got extra room for your business. Would you like it? And it's like, oh, interesting. Now, I didn't do anything, but I didn't really even ask for anything. But what I've noticed is as we get more clear, the universe tends to pay attention and give us what we want. It goes, oh, wait, well, Nick's clear. Well, Stephanie's clear. Well, I trust them. They're going to take this and use this to serve. So why wouldn't we give them something that they can then go use and spread consciousness? But so what, that's what I found is as I trust in myself more, as I have more faith, as I relax, then these miracles or kind of instant manifestations tend to happen almost anywhere and everywhere, so much so that you don't even recognize them after a while. Or you don't even know, think they're that big of a deal after a while. And also you don't expect them, uh, which is part of, the, part of the trick, by the way. But really, yeah, living in that space of flow and ease is where life really happens. And it brings you whatever you really want.
And the trick is also to not be attached to it, not need it. And it really will surprise you. So that, that's what I've noticed. And things happen so much around me now at this point like that, that it's like, oh yeah, why, why wouldn't that? Why wouldn't this go well? Now, something I'm working on personally is when things don't go well, to still stay in flow, to still stay in ease, to still say, say oh, that's exactly what I needed then in this moment was this, was I needed the parking ticket. That's a miracle too. Uh, and how can I see that? And how can I, and how can I, you know, embrace that? And not only look at the positive, but look at the wholeness around me. So the more I observe, the more I notice that things tend to observe me and tend to bring, bring manifestation and miracles at all, all people, places and things. Will you say your mantra one more time? Yeah. Uh, I am the, this present moment walking through the world, serving by being. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And when we come back, I want to talk more about what you just brought up because I think it's such an essential piece that people miss is that if I am connected and I'm a high frequency conscious person, then my life is going to be cake. There's not going to be any challenges. And, you know, again, resonating with that thing of like, it's all perfect. It's all exactly what's supposed to be happening. And when we can hold it in that way, that's how we move away from suffering. Because mm -hmm. as Michael Singer says, suffering is when we want this moment to be anything other than what it is. And in this moment, I'm so glad to be here with you, Nick. So we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back, igniting the spark with Nick Paladino King. Welcome back to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. I am here with Nick Palladino King. We are just having such a cool conversation. We're, we've been talking about life and flow and consciousness and really the beauty of how we embrace it all. And really to find, uh, it's, it's that peace in the present moment, right? When, when we were just saying before break, when you don't want this moment to be anything other than mm -hmm. what it is, you're not worried about the future. You're not regretting the past. And there's a piece that, that we just chatted about real briefly during break is this not clinging or not having all these, you know, it's gotta be this way. I'm, you know, I'm saying I'm, I'm holding it or I'm, you know, desperate. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit, Nick? Yeah, this, there's so much. There's, we could talk about this for hours, um, but we'll pack it in 20 minutes. We'll, we'll bend some time here. So something I was thinking to myself recently around suffering, because you brought it up, it's, it's not the difference between what I, where I am and where I want to be that creates suffering, right? Because that's just normal. I, I'm at point A, here's point B. Great. That's called a goal. Mm -hmm. what, what creates suffering is the attachment between the two, Right of I, what I have right now isn't good enough or what I have right now isn't what I should have or my life should be different. It's that difference in reality which creates the suffering and the pain. So that's where we can really learn to, to shift our own relationship to pain and suffering is by removing our attachments and by saying, okay, right here, right now, where I am is perfect. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I am the right place. I am the right time. That's a really great mantra to use too. I am the right place, I am the right time. Everything right now is happening just as it should be. Well, what do you mean? Well, if it wasn't supposed to be happening, then it, then it wouldn't be. So we can't really argue with that. Now our minds or egos will try, but if it wasn't supposed to be happening, it wouldn't. Take COVID, for example. 
Sure. Did we want it to happen? No. Could If we could have chose to, for it to be different, would we have? Probably. But it happened. So in that sense, universally, it was perfect. And that doesn't mean there wasn't suffering, there wasn't pain, there wasn't loss, because those all happened too. And But universally, can we get to the space where we go, okay, this happened. Obviously, as a collective consciousness, this is what we needed to wake ourselves up. We asked for it. We created it. We're manifesting. Whatever we think, say, and do, we're manifesting. So we ask this as a collective consciousness. We got it. How do we respond? How do we sit with it? Can we sit with COVID as an example and say, wow, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening. It's perfect. Now, that doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't mean I can't take actions to change it or be different. And that's where I, where self-transformation really comes into play. And the way I like to look at transformation is I don't have to hate myself to change myself. I can, I can look at myself, and this is where I think a lot of the coaching world has it backwards, Stephanie, is a lot of the model out there is you're broken and then me, the coach, can fix you. I'm, I just can't get down with that anymore. It's like either we're all broken and then no one can be fixed, <laughs> or maybe there's another way we can look at it and we're all perfect and we just forgot. And now as coaches, as teachers, as healers, can we be of service to help people remember that? Totally. And then it becomes a remembrance of, oh yeah, that's right. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm ex doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Everything in this moment is perfect. The universe doesn't mess up. God doesn't mess up. So it must be me that's having the problem with reality. So what can I shift? I can accept it. I can change it. I can leave. I can resist. Those are all conscious choices. But I think as we move more into empowerment and more into the ability to make conscious choice, that's where we really start to manage our relationship between you know where we are and where we want to be and having more flow and ease so that it's not painful there isn't suffering and that doesn't mean life's going to be easy but it can be quite simple and and as you were talking before i was reminded of an experience i had with with my teacher you know he'd probably get mad if i called him my guru but you know he to me he is and i went up to see him in mount shasta a couple of weeks ago and before i went up to see him i sat down in meditation in my hotel room I'd had a, a bad cup of coffee, a couple hard hard boiled eggs and a bad night's sleep. So I was in the perfect prime state for, for meditation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, and I had in this moment, for lack of a better word, a, a full transcendental uh, enlightened experience in meditation. So much so that I couldn't move for about 30 minutes after my meditation. And I, by the time I went up to see him a couple hours later in Mount Shasta, I said, you know, Dennis, I got to ask you, I, I don't really understand what to do now. I, I touched enlightenment. And my question was, so now what? Yeah. And, and circling back to your, your piece before, Stephanie, he goes, I've always told you, just because you become enlightened doesn't mean you don't have to pay your rent. Doesn't mean that you don't get a parking ticket. Doesn't mean that life doesn't get hard. Doesn't mean that you won't feel pain. And th these are such lies out there in the world of spirituality that once you get enlightened, like I'm kind of going, where's the confetti? Like, you know, is the Dalai, did the Dalai Lama notice? Is he going to give me a phone call? And like, no, none of this happened. Uh, I still got to pay my rent. I still got to pay my bills. I'm still a husband. I still struggle in my marriage. And those are all things that are for me in my reality to clean up my relationship to while being a conscious being. So it's just interesting that you brought that up. And that was the experience I had. He goes, yeah, it's time for you to go out in the world and live your purpose and be enlightened and you know, you're down here on earth, getting your butt kicked, just like the rest of us. It was reassuring for an enlightened master to share that knowledge of, oh yeah, no, I'm enlightened, but hey, I still got to pay my bills. 
And there's a book out there called After Enlightenment, The Laundry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I cannot remember who it's by, but that's the title. And uh, I think it's speaking to chance. exactly what you're saying. And, and I think that's, again, that essential piece. A couple of things. I mean, I just, the thing that you're saying about suffering, you know, I think that there's this old worn out narrative that we have to suffer in order to grow, in order to change. And so I, I love this piece of, yeah, let's actually realize that we already are perfect and whole. We already mm -hmm. have that, whether you call it the spark, the God seed, whatever, people have different things, you know, that divinity already lives within us. So to get more and more in touch with that and then realize as we are being a clearer channel for that and allowing that to flow out into the world even more, it doesn't mean that sometimes we won't get an offender bender or that, you know, we're going to get, this is my latest thing. All of a sudden a surprise, you owe 4,000 extra dollars mm -hmm. to the IRS, you know, and you're like, what? And so, and we have a choice in those moments, right? We have a choice. Hey, I can go with the old reactive primitive brain, or if I can look at this, take a couple deep breaths, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to shove anything down, but I say, all right. And this. You know, it's that thing of just holding it into like, all right. And that's where we have choice. That's where we, you know, that point of power in the present moment. A hundred percent. I would love to see this, this narrative get, get pushed more. Because I, I think, you know, from Instagram, from Facebook, social media, we've really highlighted the positive sides of spirituality. And spirituality isn't about being positive. It's about being present with what is. And what I've noticed is the more awake I get, the more I get, which means the more of the light side I get to see, and just in myself, the more light side I get to see. And also the more, the darker aspects of myself I get to see, because now I'm willing to take a look and go deeper. And it's like, oh, wow. I don't know if I like that part about myself. I didn't know that was in there because I wasn't ready to see it. Well, now I am. So I, I really would like to see this, this push more of perfection means all. It means the good, the bad, and everything in between. And okay, where is the beauty in the $4,000 extra? It's you checking in with yourself to say, okay, am I walking the walk? Like, can I look at this bill and say, well, it's perfect. Well, my number is obviously three zeros. Well, is my number, what if it was 40,000? How would I check in? How would I check in with that? So all we're doing, I think at the end of the day, Stephanie, is checking in with ourselves. And you talked about it before. We have our, our little self or our little S self. And then we have our big self you know, and they're interacting with each other and the little self's just kind of freaking out, you know, down here and the big self's like, you got it. It's okay. You know, it's all perfect. And the little self's like, I don't know. Are you sure? Like, it seems like this bill's pretty, I don't know if this is fair. And it's that push and pull that we experience that really checks in on our, our growth and our enlightenment and, and kind of shows us how we're doing. Doesn't it kind of, it does. It shows us how we're doing. How do I respond to that bill? Do I freak out? Do I take it personal or can I breathe into it? experience my emotion. And then from there, get back to presence as quickly as I can, and then act from there. And I find, and I, I bet you do too, when I act from presence, my life goes better. I tend to leave less, less kind of disasters in my, in my wake and my next moments go better. And that doesn't mean things aren't hard or we don't get upset or we don't get mad or get in fights with our partners or disagree or that's called being human. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, we've, we've heard it cliche for how many, you know, decades that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that is, that's the reality. And so what that is, it, it comes with that duality, right? Mm-hmm. How do we exist as those kind of two selves, as you will, um, if you will. And then, you know, how do we merge them? I love, you know, a lot of times I'll do inner child work with people mm. and we, I have them at one point, they're, adult self meet that child self. And it's almost like they each become energetic holograms and merge together so that the healed child can then move up energetically with the adult. And, you know, so how can we do that? As you're saying that, you know, I'm getting this, I'm conceptualizing, how do we do that with that little self in us? How do we continue to bite that little self in almost Mm. like, again, that holographic energy where we say, Hey, my divine self, we've got you. The divine self has you, mm-hmm. you know, come on in. Well, there's, there's a great framework in the yoga sutras that talks about this. And it talks about our little self and our big self being like two swans in love, like inter, intertwined in their nets. And the little swan, the little self is looking up to the big self. Like, are you sure? And the big swan is looking down going, yeah, you've got this. So that, mm-hmm. I don't know how if that's going to go away. I don't know if we want that to, but but where that story goes deeper is that we are our own soulmate is really what it's yeah. talking about. Our little self and our big self are our soulmates. So similar to what you're saying, Stephanie, our younger self and our current self merging those together, that's our wholeness. Yeah. And that takes a lot of self-love and compassion to bring that in. Um, so to be your own soulmate, you know, and really to love all aspects of yourself. And that's, it's quite possible. It takes work. Um, it takes frameworks, it takes teachers or someone to show you and say, Hey, this is something you can do. And then go, Oh, that does feel right. I, I, I kind of get that. I also like to go, you know, into some of the more esoteric kind of elements of, of faith, uh, of willpower, um, of, of trust. So I'll, I'll go to those of surrender. That's one of yours, right? And that's one I'll go to of like, okay, can I have faith and trust that this is going to work out? Yeah. It's uncomfortable now. Yeah. It may look a little crazy to other people, but I have faith in myself and my little self and my big self that we know what's right for us and that we're going to figure it out and it's all going to work out in the end. So I, I really go on those faith, trust, surrender, will, and then willpower. Like, do I have the willpower to see it through? Can my willpower, my desire be greater than my resistance or my fear of change? Because whatever one of those is stronger tends to win. So I'll, I'll lean on those. Those are kind of some background elements you can sprinkle into your life. Yeah. And I think you hit it too. I mean, there, there's this thing of like that we do have to keep doing the work. You know, it's that determination or that will that mm-hmm. I'm going to keep staying open, even though it feels really good when I feel like, oh, I've really got it together. These great things are happening. I feel good about myself today where it's like, I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want to, I, I want to feel like I'm just really good person all the time. Mm-hmm. And so to be open to like, if some of those parts of us that get triggered and inevitably will, because as you know, as well, you know, love always brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of being healed. Mm. So when we're in loving relationship, when we're in loving friendships, we get this opportunity to learn these other aspects of us. And so how can we embrace those? And a little bit of what you were saying before, this kind of is circling back for a moment, but I love the ability to be able to hold both sides. Like we don't have to be just the superstar, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's also being willing to embrace, you know, what Jung would call like our shadow side, 
which really isn't a shadow at all. It's just deep, different aspects of us. And I'm remembering a woman, Elizabeth Balcor, Elizabeth, wherever you are, I love you. Uh, she is a quantum field clearing specialist. And this is like six, seven years ago, Nick, she said to me, Stephanie, you know, you live this life with a certain baseline of joy. And unfortunately, it's not serving you in a way that it really could, because she said, think about yourself. You're on the far end of like uh, the teeter totter. Mm -hmm. And so there's other things in the world and there's darkness and there's shadow. And if you're just hanging out over here, you're much more susceptible to things shifting and changing. If you could move to the middle of the seesaw, then you hold both ends and actually you're in balance. And so it's not that you say, oh, I enjoy, I love dark things. I love, you know, it's not about that. It's saying I can hold both of these because both of these elements exist. Just like we were saying earlier, it's okay to have these things come up and say, that's okay. The positive side of me or the light side of me, it's saying, I've got gotcha. you. We can do this, even if it feels like it's a challenge or a difficulty. It's, it's so perfectly said and that, you know, and all these different modalities are pointing to the same thing. Yoga is pointing to center line, the union of balancing the masculine and the feminine. And you're totally right. If you only live on one side, that's called aversion. You're avoiding people, places, and things that you don't want around you. So what happens when those come into your field is then you get upset, then you move into suffering. Or we get attached of being successful, or we get attached to being enlightened. And then when that doesn't happen, then we're in suffering. So we're setting ourselves up for failure by being on one side of the coin. They're just the opposite side of the same thing. Yeah, sitting at center line, I found is quite hard. It's challenging because at least if I'm on the light side, I can look at the dark side and go, oh, that stuff's all bad. And I've got people on my team over here and I've got energy supporting me. Or if I'm on the negative side, I can do the same thing. But from center line, you got to deal with more and you get to really check out and see how how is your practice working how able are you to hold center line when when things get tough and i know for me that's a huge practice of can i hold center line when the world gets tough and that's a really great way to check in with your growth and your spiritual practice of is it working well last year i would have had a meltdown if i would have gotten the four thousand dollar bill this year it was a couple deep breaths well wow that feedback really showed me what I'm made of. That feedback really showed me that I have really grown. Wow, okay, this is working. How can I take this out into the world and go share it? And that's how we then go out and serve by being is when we can hold that center line. And people will see that whether they know it or not. And their lives can be transformed by our presence when we're in that state. And I know you know that. I know you live that. And that's real stuff. And you got to go see it and feel it and experience it for yourself. But this book, what you and I, what Steph and I are talking about is not something we've read in a book. It's something we live in our lives and it's something that everyone listening can experience as well. So I challenge all of you to go, to go try it and do it. Uh, and you may really be surprised how, how loving you can be and how loving the world is from that space. Nick, so awesome. I mean, you're just singing to my heart right now, brother. I mean, I just love this. And, you know, I feel like there, there's, there's some future shows here for us because I feel like there really are, you know, definitely part two, part three of mm -hmm. this conversation that, that need to happen. And this is such an important message. And, and there's so much more I want to talk to you about. You know, I want to talk to you about your coaching and I want to talk about the gym. And for right now, as we're needing to wrap up, 
How can people get a hold of you to learn more about you? Sure. Um, my website, nickpaladino.co is there. Uh, also on Instagram, Nick Paladino King is my, my Instagram handle. I try to put out some weekly videos and podcasts uh, all around the world of creating more consciousness in the world. So if you're interested in that, check check me out. And uh, I'm always happy to connect and uh, help other fellow fellow seekers find their way. Heck yes. And if they're in San Francisco, they can find you at Tribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on down to San Francisco, take a, take a class and hang. Awesome. Awesome. Nick, let us know what, what would you want to leave the audience with? If you had this essential message right now that you want to leave with the listeners, what would that be? Yeah. You know, one thing I'd like to remind people of is what we, what we talked about is that you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You're a whole and you're a complete being and you're, and you're perfect. And there's a remembrance there and know that you're perfect. And when the more you can live in that center line, that everything's happening as it's supposed to be supposed to be, the more you can love yourself, the more you can love what's happening. The more you'll love your life, the more you'll you'll have a connection to to who you really are, and the more you'll have an impact on the world. So just know you're perfect. Everything else in the world wants to tell you you're not, but uh, deep down, everyone listening knows that they are. So I, that's that's the message I would like anyone and everyone that I get around to to hear and know. Amen. I'm telling you, tune in, guys. Tune in to Nick's message. Uh, definitely tune in to Nick's Conscious Conversations, an amazing podcast. And Nick, what a treat. What a joy to get to hang out with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. I appreciate it. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine? speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.